If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn uh, to the book of Luke, chapter 8. Just pulled up. Luke, chapter 8. Uh, and we've been spending time uh, talking about Jesus as we lead up to Easter, just really focusing on Him and who He is and, and learning more about Him, explicitly focusing on Him. And uh, I had a conversation yesterday with uh, Marty, and she had had opportunity to, to share uh, the gospel with someone. She said, I've been praying, you know, God, I want to share the gospel with somebody. I want to have opportunity for that. And then, uh, lo and behold, she, she had an opportunity come up and began having a conversation with, with the lady. And she says, I just felt led of the Holy Spirit to ask her, you know, who is Jesus to you? You know, who is Jesus to you? And the lady said, oh, just another, you know, just another man, you know, just, just another man in, in history. And she was able to begin sharing with her uh, that he is much more than that, right? That, that he in his fullness is much, much more than that. And that's what we've been focusing on. I won't dive too far in that. She may want to share that uh, soon as far as that experience. But she would just be, begin to be able to lay out the gospel that, that no, Jesus was a, a man, but he was so much more uh, than that. Uh, I had an opportunity yesterday to speak at the uh, funeral of my great aunt. Uh, she lived in Benton and, and passed away this last week. And her funeral service was, was Saturday. So left from here, got cleaned up, went, went over there. Um, and really had opportunity to share the gospel there as well with a focus on you know, when, when we go. Because a funeral is a reminder for us that life here isn't permanent, Right? We don't get to stay here. This, this right now is not forever. Uh, and and if, you, if you doubt that, you just go to the cemetery and look. You know, there, this life is not permanent. And when we go, you know, when, when we step out of this life, there's going to be two dates that they advertise about us, right? It usually goes on our stone. It's our first one and our last one. Now, if we're being honest, we don't get a lot of stuff done on those two days. We're not very productive on that first day and on that last day, uh, what really matters is what we do in between there. You know, how did we spend our life? How did we spend the capital uh, that we were given by God? What did we do with it? Did we invest it in those that were coming along behind us? Did we invest it in things of the kingdom? Did we, you know, spend it on frivolous things only? Did we, you know, did we hoard it away and were we selfish with it? But even more so than that, what did we do with God? What did we do with him? Because he's a problem for us as humans because we know that he's there and we know that he has requirements, right? And we know in our heart that there's a connection that we're supposed to be with him, but we also know that we can't be with him. And, and what makes that available, what bridges that gap is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to spend some more time talking about today in the book of Luke chapter 8. If you were here on Wednesday night, we were in chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 26, and we talked about the uh, madman of Gadara and how Jesus invaded his life and uh, changed it completely and saw the parallel there of our own lives and what the Savior was uh, accomplishing for us. Uh, today, we'll be in Luke 8 and starting in verse 40. 
And I'm going to go ahead and read that through the end of the chapter, and then we'll, we'll pray and spend a little bit of time here. Luke 8, verse 40, it says, On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. And as Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and hemorrhaging, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter even said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. And he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. Let's pray over the word this morning. Father, uh, open our eyes to the wonders of your word. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, as we approach you today, we acknowledge that you know this text so much better than we ever could. God, you, you wrote it. You inspired it. You were there in the events, and you've ordained it today for our encouragement and our edification to build us up. I thank you that you will hold up before us today our Savior so that we can see in him uh, the goodness and the faithfulness and the kindness, uh, the love that you demonstrated towards us in sending him while we were still utterly helpless. Uh, we thank you for your word and the revealing of your character today in Jesus' name. Amen. So this story is, is uh, this, this chapter is, is great. And all of it is great, obviously, but just, just really gives us an interesting perspective on the person of Jesus as we noticed when we talked about it on Wednesday night, and similar to the conversation that he had with Nicodemus that we talked about last Sunday, you just see more of Jesus' character and even personality, uh, which is a blessing. So here, starting in verse 40, you have Jairus, a leader in the synagogue. So a religious person of the time would have been well-respected 
would have been uh, a person of authority there in, in, the, in the, that local setting. And it says he came to Jesus and he fell down at his feet and he asked him, uh, please come to my house. My daughter uh, is dying. It says his only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. So we can see when you fall at someone's feet, especially in this context, in, in, in that time and place, that, that was a sign of desperation, right? That, that, was, that, that wasn't him just walking up and going, hello, my name's Jay Iris, and I'd like to speak with you, right? He came up, that he was insistent, he was desperate, he was in need because, again, his daughter was dying and he couldn't do anything about it. He could do nothing to, to, to help her to stave that off. And, and he fell down at Jesus' feet uh, with, with a weight on him that he couldn't carry. And, and he, he ran up to Jesus, found him, and fell at his feet. And then we see there in the very next sentence, it says, as Jesus went with him, Jesus didn't ask for more information. Jesus didn't uh, talk to him about anything else. There was no discussion about, well, we were supposed to go over here. We're on our way to lunch. We're doing this. It just says, as Jesus went with him. And, and so what I see there is Christ is faithful to come when we call on him. When we call out to him, when we are desperate, when we're in need, when we, when we have more on us than what we can bear, we can fall at his feet if figuratively, literally in desperation, and he will answer us. So he's faithful to come when we call him. He's faithful to be there. I don't even want to say to come with us because he's already with us, but he's faithful to manifest his presence uh, to us. And I wanted to read out of the book of Psalms because I, I believe it really demonstrates this this characteristic of who he is. And, it, and it's so encouraging. In the book of Psalm chapter 34, I'm going to use my phone here so I can use a couple of different translations. Psalm 34 and in verse 1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Why? Because I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened and he saved me from all of my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard and he surrounds and defends all who fear him. And that's through verse 7. And then if you jump down to verse 18 and 19, and I really wanted to read that in the, in, in the message uh, version, 18 and 19, it says, If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble Still, God is there every time. And so we can see in this, this is a story about Jairus and the distress he was in about his daughter, but we can see in it so much more than that because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same Jesus that was responding to Jairus is responding to us 
today, and he's going to respond in the same way because he is the same. Amen. So we see that he's faithful to come when we call out to him. And then while that's while he's going with Jairus, when he's on his way to his house, it, it, we get introduced to a, to another character, another person in this account and in this story. And it's this woman who is, says she was in the crowd and had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding or, or hemorrhaging. Uh, and, and that she could find no cure. And in one of the other Gospels, it has the same story. And it says that, you know, she had sought help from many doctors and was no better. Uh, that she had spent all that she had and was no better. Uh, so here's this woman in also desperation, need of a miracle. Nobody else can help me. Uh, and different from Jairus, where he would have been respected, where he would have been welcomed into most situations just based on his stature and on his position, she would not have been welcomed that same way because this condition would have caused her under, under the Jewish law to be considered unclean. And when you were unclean, you weren't supposed to go out into public. You weren't supposed to be around people. And if you were found to be there, amongst people in what they said was an unclean state or what the, the, the law said was an unclean state, then you, you, you could be uh, fined in prison, killed, or at the, at the very least, very, very, very ashamed uh, to, have, to have been out in, in public. And so we see, again, a difference from Jairus, who was among them respected. She would not have been, and she was there in the crowd uh, in, in her condition, which, like I said, was uh, judged as unclean. Uh, it, it said that she, she couldn't find a cure, that she had suffered with this for 12 years and could find no cure. Uh, and again, in the other gospel, in the gospel of Mark, where it also tells this story, it says she, she thought to herself, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch the, the, the very bottom of his robe, if I could just catch on to his, you know, it would be our, you know, pant leg. If I could just touch him, then I would be uh, healed. Uh, but see, for her to do that, she was going to have to press through this crowd. It says that there were so many people that you couldn't avoid bumping into one another. And so she's having to press through this, risking uh, getting embarrassed, uh, risking enduring what the people in the community uh, might say about her or what might be done to her uh, to press in, to get, to get close to Jesus. Uh, now, now, we don't know if she had heard about Jesus or what she had heard about him, but, but she had probably heard enough because we, we, we see that she had faith that if she could just get close to him, her situation would change that she had been to all the doctors and she had seen all the professionals and everything had been looked at naturally and she could find no cure, but she knew enough about him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing about God that it, it developed in her and she said, if I could just touch him, he can help me. He is the one that can help me. Uh, so there she was rejected in her life and in pain, but also not... Uh, without hope when it came to Jesus. Now, I'm sure she was without hope before she saw him walking by. I, I would assume that she was just in 
her own situation in her own world because she wouldn't have been traveling around. She wouldn't have been following behind him on his journey. But here you are. You've tried everything else. You, you, you've tried to, to make things better on your own and with the help of those around you. And you found no cure and you were no better. And then down the road comes walking the Savior of the world. And so what I believe happened is that she didn't wait and she rose immediately from where she was and what she was doing to try to press in and to touch him because she knew that that was the only thing that could help her. Uh, So Christ is faithful to us even when we've tried everything else first. Even when we've pursued everything else first, because we have that, we, we have a condition that if we open it up is shameful, that if we open it up is broken, that if we open it up would cause us to be embarrassed before others. And we have a condition that we can't do anything about. We've tried to, 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 to fix it in our own wit and wisdom and the things that we can do. And we've tried to fill it up with pleasures of this world and things that are even from God, but we've wielded them in the wrong way. And He's faithful to answer us even when we've gone down every other road first. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for that today that He doesn't say, you didn't come here first, so I don't have anything for you. Even when we've tried everything else first, He's faithful to answer us when we call on Him. And so we see her pressing in. When it says she pressed in, Coming up behind Jesus, she touched just the fringe of his robe and and immediately her hemorrhaging, her bleeding stopped. She could tell the difference. And Jesus could tell the difference. We we, we see in verse 45, he said, wait wait a second, who who touched me? And everybody's like, I didn't do it. He's getting mad. I'll be careful. Because remember what had just happened in verse 26 And going back through there, he had subdued the madman of Gadara, the one who would break chains and run off into the wilderness, the one that nobody else could subdue. Jesus had set him free, and there he was, sitting fully clothed and right of mind at Jesus' feet. And then he he killed a whole herd of pigs when he cast demons into the pigs, and they ran off into the water so much so that the people in that town were afraid of him, and they begged him to leave. So when this happens, he's like, who who, who touched me? Everyone's like, it wasn't me. I did not do it. I don't know. Don't make him mad. Because they, they didn't all, not all of them obviously understood who he is and what he was doing and what his mission was. And then Peter even says, are you serious? It's like Black Friday TV shopping in here, Jesus. And who, you, who touched me? Everybody touching everybody right now. We're rubbing shoulders with everybody. And he said, no, this was different. Because healing power went out from me. I felt something happen in the spirit. I felt power go out from me. Now, who touched me? Right, So God's response to this woman was so intense that Jesus felt it in his bones. He said, something happened here. Now, did he know? I think he probably knew what happened. But it says the woman, the woman was hesitant. It says she didn't respond right away. She didn't go, it was me. I did it. I touched you. Here's what happened. It's a funny story. No, why? Because she had been conditioned to be ashamed. She had been conditioned to be in the background. She had been conditioned to hide because of who she was. And so when Jesus started asking, she 
Who knows what's going through her mind, but we know from the text that she hesitated, but Jesus wouldn't let it go. Because in verse 47, it says, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden. When she realized that she couldn't stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And now remember, it was not okay for her to be out like this. It was not okay for her to be out like this. And who's this with Jesus? It's Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. The one who could say, no, she's not supposed to be out here. Let's do something about this. But she had been moved on by the power of God so much. Her bleeding had stopped. So she said, I I don't know what this is going to mean for me, but I'm going to have to tell y'all what happened. I'm going to have to tell y'all who I was and I'm going to have to tell y'all what I had going on. And I'm going to have to do that right here because he's not going to let it go. And it says she fell before his feet. So this is the second person falling at the feet of Jesus just in this passage, trembling. Why? I believe because she wasn't yet sure how she was going to be received. She didn't know how's he going to respond? How's this going to work out? I don't know, but I'm just going to throw myself at your feet, essentially asking what for mercy. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be around everybody. I I don't deserve to be here. But I'm asking you for mercy and to help me. And then look what Jesus said. Because again, Jesus wasn't going to let it go. She saw she couldn't stay hidden. She began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard. She didn't just whisper it. She let everybody know what had happened. That she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And then he looked at her and he said, daughter. He didn't say woman. He didn't say lady. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So he established their relationship. Daughter. Your faith has made you well. So what was he telling them? She's not unclean anymore. She's not unclean anymore. Her faith has made her well, has made her whole. And then what did he say? Go in peace, which means y'all better not touch her. She has done nothing wrong. There's nothing standing between her and God. There's nothing standing between me and her. Leave her alone. She goes in peace. Amen. And so we see the kindness of our Savior there. Is this a story about her and her getting healed? Yes, but it's not just about her because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then something else happens in the story. Right after this lady is healed and He tells her, go in peace. It says, while He was still speaking to her, so while He's in mid-sentence, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. And he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the master now. So bad news comes to Jairus. He knew his daughter was sick. He knew she was dying. He came and he fell before the feet of Jesus. And he said, please come to my house. Please heal my daughter. 
I need you to do this for me. And Jesus is coming with him. And then they get this interruption. Who knows how long it took. This this scene with the woman there in the street. We don't know. But in that time, somebody was coming from the house of Jairus and said, Jesus, let him go. Let let Jesus go do whatever it was he was going to do because it's too late. Your daughter has died. And you can only imagine the, the downward spin that Jairus takes to get news like that right then. You, I, I found Jesus. I, I found where he was. I went to him. He's on his way. And then all of a sudden, thing, things aren't happening like he thought that they would. And I can just imagine what, what that feels like for the floor to just drop out from underneath you. Or like what we read in Psalms just a few minutes ago where it said you get kicked in the gut. Right? That's what Jairus would have felt was that kick in the gut. But it's like it said there, when you've been kicked in the gut, the Lord will help you catch your breath. And we see that uh, Jesus takes hold of Jairus. This is what I believe. It doesn't say he grabbed him, but I believe he's right there with him. I believe he had to have grabbed him to get his attention. Because it says, while he was still speaking, somebody came from the house of Jairus and he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. And in verse 50, it says, but when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Have faith. Just have faith. And she will be healed. So see, Jairus had gone into full meltdown mode. But Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't go into meltdown. He got hold of him and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just believe. Have faith in what? Believe in what? He's believing me. You believed in me to come find me, to fall down at my feet. You thought I could help then. Why would I not be able to help now? Hold on, Jairus. Believe. Believe in whom? Believe in the Savior of the world. And sometimes things and situations come up that when they first hit us, we go on that same spin. The floor falls out from underneath us. We feel like we've been kicked in the stomach. But the Savior is faithful to comfort us even in our fears and even in our anxieties. I wanted to read also out of Psalm Psalm 94. Psalm 94 and verse 17. Well, I start in verse 16. It said, Who will protect me from the wicked? Who will stand up for me against evildoers? In verse 17. Unless the Lord had helped me, I would have I soon would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. I cried out, I'm slipping. But your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. And when doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. So unless the Lord had helped me, I would have fell silent in the grave. But I cried out, Lord, I'm losing my footing. God, the floor is falling out from under me right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. It says your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. So when all else gives way, like the old song says, Jesus is my hope and my stay. He supports me and holds me up. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. So he continues to go with 
Jairus to the house and he gets there and his daughter has died and the people are wailing and weeping and it says that he only let a few go in the house with him. Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John and then the little girl's father and mother and the house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But Jesus said to them, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. And then in verse 53, it says, but the crowd laughed at him because they all knew that she had died. And so what I can see here is that he's faithful even when we think we know better. Even when we think we've got all the information we need to have made a decision, he's still, and and wrong, I should have reinforced that part. When we think we know better and we're completely wrong, that he is still faithful. He didn't go in there with Jairus and said, all your friends and family are a bunch of idiots, so I'm out. They weren't nice to me. I'm going to leave now. You know, I wish your family was nicer, Jairus. I might have stayed. He didn't say that. Who knows what Jairus was thinking? Jesus just told him that to believe and to have faith. We don't know. I'm sure he's struggling because you get there. Imagine getting there. Your child is dead on the bed. Everybody's losing their mind. And then Jesus says, don't worry. She's just asleep. And you look at them and you go, they're not, that's not asleep. Right? It says the people were like, like, this guy's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We've seen people die. She's dead. Why is he doing this? And they said they laughed at him. Such a strange scene for him to be caught up in. It says they laughed at him because they all knew she had died. And we're going to have people in our life that think they know better. Well, you don't, I mean, I'll tell you how it is. And if that ever contradicts with what he said, he knows better. Right? If he says, no, this isn't dead, but yet alive, then we trust in what he said and not with what they said. We don't have to treat them with contempt and we don't have to be ugly about it, but we do say, no. If he said this, then that's what I'm going to ride with until the very end. Why? Because when I fell before his feet in the street, when I was in desperation, he came with me. He answered. I saw miracles happen. I saw him heal a woman. That woman that had been unclean for all those years, I saw her be healed. I saw her go in peace. So if he said, then that's what I'm going with. In one of the other accounts, it says he removed everybody from the house, kicks them all out and then he spoke a word spoke out it says in a loud voice said darling get up child get up like the Lauren Daigle song that's on the radio right now look up get up and she did and the whole situation changed and he said y'all better feed her or something apparently coming back from the dead makes you hungry I don't know he knew so we see in here, and we'll just re- recap this real quick. The faithfulness of Jesus in this situation is just multi-part and multi-faceted. He's faithful to go with Jairus when he comes and he calls on him. He's faithful to come when we call. And then we see him run into a woman whose, whose situation was just as dire as Jairus's, but would have looked a lot different on the outside, right? Would have looked a lot different. And she 
doesn't fall before him, but just pursues along behind him and grabs hold of his robe and is healed. And then Jesus is going to make, a, make sure everybody sees this. And what a grace of God to say, I'm going to make sure y'all know that I have not passed judgment on her. I don't want her to be, be healed and still have to live like somebody who's sick. And so he wouldn't let it go, and he made her come forward. Why? So that she could be released from all of that past. So that she could be, that could be severed from her where it's no longer a part of her, because if he hadn't done that and she had just been healed and he just motored on down the road, she would have still been the unclean woman. But he, in his grace and in his providence said, I'm going to make a point to make sure all of y'all know that she is right with me. And so it says she fell at his feet, trembling, not knowing, am I going to receive? I'm worthy of judgment, but I'm asking for mercy. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And while he's speaking to her, they come from the house of Jairus and said, you thought it was bad, it just got worse. And Jesus takes hold of him and says, I'm still here even when things go from bad to worse. I'm here, Jairus. It's okay, Jairus. Believe, Jairus. Have faith. And the Spirit confronts us all the time when we get worried and when we get afraid. The Spirit comes and comforts us and says, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm still here. Don't worry. Because again, this life is not all that there is. This life is not permanent. But yet he's here with us in it. He's here with us through it. He's here with us at the end of it. And then he is all that there is after it. So Jesus goes to the house and he says, stop weeping. Stop crying. There's not a, this isn't over yet. But see, people will give you up for dead. No, there's no help in this one, Jesus. There's no coming back for this one, Jesus. This one's gone too far, Jesus. There's no coming back for this one. We know better. We've seen it. We know what a dead person looks like. This person is dead. But the Bible says when we were dead in our sins and trespasses is when Christ died for us. And so he went in and he, and he took hold of her and he said, get up. Saying, they said you're dead. I don't agree with that assessment. I believe that you'll live. Amen? And she rose up and he said, now, one of y'all fix her a sandwich. Feed her. Wow, right? This isn't just a story about them and Jesus. Because again, he's the same. So it's a story about us and Jesus. It's a story about our Jesus. And we can find ourselves in the position of Jairus, we can find ourselves in the position of the woman or the disciples or the people at the house. And we, we, we kind of drift sometimes from our firm foundation to, uh, well, things are so bad that I don't think they can get better, was be like you know, the woman. Or maybe I know better. I know what needs to be done. God. I know how this needs to be handled. But when really what we need is to have our mind renewed, to change the way that we think, to take our thinking from this human level of understanding to the way He told us that things are. Amen?
He makes the dead alive. And He takes enemies and those that are exiled and He reconciles them to Himself. To himself. Amen. So th- this story in, in Luke 8 it is so powerful for us, again, because we can identify with every part in there except for, for, for Him. And He is the one that we need so much. Amen. Go ahead and stand up with me. We get ready to, to close out today as it continues to just pour down rain. Wow. If you're praying for rain, stop. <laughs> you can stop now and we'll put you on praying for something else because you are doing well. But I, I, I do hope that uh, you're encouraged today, again, just to look on Jesus who he is and what he did because what he did for them, he's the same. He does for us because he did that not because of who they were, but because of who he is and his grace is what motivates him to minister to us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray if Andrew will come and uh, lead us out in our, our final song of the day. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. God, thank you so much that you've, you, you, you not only sent him, but you've revealed him to us. God, I thank you for this word that's been preserved uh, for us by your spirit. Uh, God, preserved uh, so that he can be revealed to us even today. I thank you that you lead us, Holy Spirit, to see him ever more clearly. And in seeing him, that we would believe. Lord, that we wouldn't be shaken uh, by the doubt and fear that we come by just naturally in this life that seem to be a part of our personality. Lord, that we wouldn't be shaken by that. But just like Jairus, when, when he heard the voice of Jesus saying, don't be afraid, only believe. God, that we'll hear that same voice today. We'll, we'll hear it in our hearts deeper uh, than we've heard anything before. God, that we don't have to be afraid because Jesus Christ The son of the living God, the savior of the world is walking through this life with us and beside of us. God, that we can, as we identify in our life with each one of the personalities and the characters and the situations in this story. God, what we see transcending above everything else is that you are faithful, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. God, you did not act based on their social standing. You did not act based on their natural situation, but you were moved with compassion to save those that were in need and who would call on your name. And I thank you, we've been found in that same condition. We cried out to the same Savior and we've received the same answer is that I will go to your house with you. I will resurrect the dead things in your life and make them alive. I will take away your uncleanness and restore you to righteousness. All will be well with you. Go in peace because you are a member of my family. I thank you that as the Savior says it, God, so will it be for us. Lord, as we go today, I thank you that you protect us and keep us safe. Lord God, that the uh, rain falls from heaven and feeds the earth before it returns, God. So your word has fallen on us today. I thank you that it will bring forth fruit in our lives that we'll leave here in unity and harmony with one another. God, I, I pray over the, over the fruit that will come forth from our breakfast yesterday. 
morning, God, the seeds that were sown into those in our community who serve us in dark areas and in dark times, difficult times and difficult situations. I thank you, Lord God, that they'll know that they have uh, uh, supporters here, Lord, and that they are loved and received here. God, not because we're good, but because your love flows through us. God, your love will impact them and they will remember uh, how good you are. I thank you, Lord, that your people are blessed, that there's health upon us, Lord God, that you give us what we need today. You give us what we need tomorrow. And as we walk through every day of this life, that you meet us there. God, and you're right where you said you would be. You're in your word. You're in our prayer closet. Uh, You're in our serving the body of Christ. God, you are there with us, for us. And I thank you that your presence gives us everything that we have need of. Lord, because you love us so much and you demonstrated that for us when you sent Jesus. As we sing today, Lord, receive our praise. Bless your people in Jesus' name.